you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church. Listen, church, as, we, as I, was, you know, I was driving around, I started thinking about these things. As I was driving around praying over the city like I normally do before a service here on Wednesday, and as, as I was praying, as I, I was coming, I was, I was sorry, I, my eyes begin to, to look and begin to see some of the different things that are going on around. I mean, all the, all the adver- advertisements for the, for the upcoming carnival and, and different things that are happening and, and seeing all the decorations on, on people's houses. And I'm telling you, church, my, my, my spirit man, amen, something on the end, my spirit, not something, the spirit, the Holy Spirit and my spirit begin to get grieved on the inside of me as I, as I was driving around. I'm telling you, church, there, 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 there are some things that we need to begin to change, amen, in this city, amen. You say, you say well, what was getting grieved? Listen, church, if we'll, if we'll come to this place of getting intimate with Holy Spirit, how many of y'all know that he's, he's, he's anointed you and he's sealed you? I mean, if you, if you got, if you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, he's part of you. So, so if you start getting, if you start getting a grieving on the inside of you, on the inside of you, listen, it's usually Holy Spirit trying to push on something, something that he's not liking, something he's trying to get your attention with. I mean, if we'll get that place of intimacy and seeking him out, listen, church, you'll, you'll find out what grieves him. I mean, and what grieves him will begin to start grieving us. They'll start grieving us as a people. And listen, that's, that's when we can start making changes. Amen. You say, well, what, 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 what was going on? You know, well, it's, this, it's this season we're in, church. I mean, we're, we're in a season that, that celebrates darkness. We're in a season that, that, is, that is celebrating death. I mean, the, the very thing that our King, that our Lord, that our Savior came to deliver us from. Amen. And we're, we're in the midst of it where, where everyone on this island is in that place of celebrating it. I'm going to tell you something, church. Listen, listen, church, Christian, disciple, amen, disciple of Christ. Listen, what Jesus came to deliver you from. We don't need to go back and start celebrating that. We don't need to start yielding to it and allowing it to come back into our lives. You say, well, well, well what, what does he deliver us from? Well, well, Kimberly was talking about this earlier as she was opening it up in Colossians chapter 1, right? In Colossians chapter 1, it says that, that giving thanks unto the Father who have made us meet. I mean, when it says meet, it says he's made us fit. He's made us, he's made us well able to do what? To be partakers, to be sharers of the inheritance of the saints and the light. It says, who hath delivered us out of the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. I'm telling you, that is a, a powerful verse, uh, verses that we need to grab a hold of, that we need to, you need to get memorized and stuck on the inside of you because there's power that comes with it, amen? Listen, that, that word hath, it says, he hath delivered. You know, what does that mean? That means it's a perfect present tense word. It means it happened at a particular time, and then it's continuing to happen into the present. Amen. So it's continuing to happen until this very day we're in right now. But see, when tomorrow comes, it's going to continually happen to that day. And then the day after that, and then the day after that, whatever day is present, he hath delivered us into that. You say, well, what, well, what did he deliver us? Well, 2,000 years ago, church, when, when he got up on that cross and he, and he took upon our sin, he took upon our iniquity, amen, and he took upon our judgment that we well deserved, and then he marched into hell to 
defeated death, defeated hell, and defeated the grave. Listen, church, he did it for us. He did it back then. And when it, it, it got stapled, it was a point in time that got stapled 2,000 years ago. But it still is happening right now. Amen. See, see, darkness, it doesn't have any power over us anymore. It can't have any power. It, you've been delivered from it. When did you get delivered from it? Not just today. You got delivered 2,000 years ago. Oh, come on, church. 2,000 years ago, why are we struggling with the same rubbish that we're struggling with right now when we've been delivered from these things 2,000 years ago? I mean, 2,000 years ago, this thing was already taking place. We have been delivered. Amen. We, you know, listen, church, we got to get to this place where we, where, we, where we understand that he didn't deliver us. God, Jesus didn't just come down here to, get us, to give us a, a get-out-of-hell-free card. Amen. And, and praise God, none of us have to get, none of us have to go to hell because we, we receive a place that we should be going for, for that way we lived our lives. We don't have to go there anymore. And I'm telling you, that's glorious. But listen, church, I don't think about hell anymore. Amen. The only thing I think about hell is pulling people out of it. Amen. I, I, don't, I don't think about why, because it's, it's a place that we've been delivered from. I mean, it has no power. It has no authority. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not consumed with those things anymore. I'm, we're consumed with the kingdom. Amen. We're consumed with the kingdom. But what, what did Jesus do? He didn't just come here to deliver us from that place. He came to defeat that place. He came to defeat death. He came to defeat hell. He came to defeat the grave. He came to defeat darkness. See, if you, if you scroll over one, you know, one, chap, one or two chapters over here, and, and, uh, and, and, and what, what, what would that be? And, and verse 15, here in chapter 2, verse 15, it says, And having spoiled principalities and powers, made a show of them openly, openly, publicly, triumphing over them. I'm telling you, Jesus went down into the pit of hell and what did he do? He took Satan, he took all of his generals and he began to march them around hell itself declaring and decreeing that he is the king of kings, that he is the Lord of lords. It says that he spoiled principalities. Do you know what that means? That means when he spoiled them, that means he robbed them. He went and he took, he went down to hell. Every weapon that they have against humanity, Jesus said, no, you don't have that anymore and he took it from them. And see, why you know, his weapon sickness, that's part of the curse. What did Jesus say? No, you don't have that. You don't have that against them anymore. I'm taking that. You don't have that against them anymore. Poverty is part of the curse. No, you can't come against my people with that anymore. I'm grabbing that and pulling it to them. The bondage of darkness, the bondage of hell. No, you can't do that. He took the keys to the to the to darkness. He took the keys to hell. He took the key. Satan doesn't even have keys to his own house, church. He doesn't even have keys to his own house. Jesus is holding them. Jesus is holding them. I mean, he, he's the one that's holding keys to hell. Why? Because he defeated, he is the conquerer. And it hath been done. See, see, I think we have many times in the church, we're looking at, man, it's going to be great one of these days when Jesus comes here and he delivered. Now, he's already done it, church. He's already done it. We got to get into that place where we're in line with him. Amen. And what he's already done in our lives. Amen. I'm telling you, church, the... Satan has no authority over us. No authority. None. He doesn't have power over you. None. Absolutely zero. Amen. But, but what does he try to do? He tries to invite us to yield us. To where we'll yield unto his authority once again. Because see, he can't, he can't force things upon you. Amen. But if you yield unto it, you can receive it. 
Amen? So, so why do we drive around? Why do, why do we drive around? Why is there darkness all, all, all over many of the cities nowadays? I mean, listen, we, we go, we fight 364, year, uh, 364 days of the year. We fight against death. We fight against darkness. But one day of the year, amen, that everyone wants to come. They want, they want to begin to celebrate death, the very thing that, got, that, deliver, that, that we've been delivered from. And we wonder why hell breaks loose in our life. We wonder why there's destruction. We wonder why there's death. We wonder why there's harm. Because we're celebrating the very thing that Jesus came to, to put, us, put us away from. I'm telling you, you know, see, people talk all the time. They think that Satan's a fool. Satan's not a fool. He's not an idiot. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's been around for many years studying humanity. He knows exactly what he's doing, and he knows how to entice people. He knows how to entice people. He knows how to get what he wants. I'm telling you, it's so easy nowadays. All he has to do is advertise with a little bit of candy, a little bit of a carnival, and maybe a few parades are there. And listen, church, people are going to get excited, and they're just going to begin to walk with it. Amen. Walk with him in what he's desiring to do. Amen. I'm telling you, church, he's, what is he doing? He's just enticing you to yield. He's just enticing you. What he can't force upon you, he's enticing you. And how's he enticing you to do it? He's like, Here, here's a little candy. Here, here's, here's a Ferris wheel. We, we allow my darkness, we allow my bondage to come back upon you. Hmm? I'll give you a piece of candy for it. I'll give you, I'll give you a ride. I'll give you a cool parade. We allow darkness to come in your life. Well, you submit it into it just, just for this. I'll, I'll make an exchange for you. Why? Because he can't, he can't control us. He can't force us into these things. Amen. We can sure yield unto it. We can sure yield unto it. Amen. Now listen, why, why does he do these things? Why... Why does he do these things? Because he hates you. Hey, Amen. He's trying to destroy you. He's trying to destroy the kingdom. And you're part, if you're part of the kingdom, he's, he's going to be enticing you. I was, I was talking, talking to a lad uh, down there in Dundalk this week, and, and, he, and he was asking me, and, you know, he's like, man, it seems like ever since I've got serious, ever since I got pressed into the things of God, he goes, it's like, man, everyone seems to come with me, and they're trying to get me to, to come into agreement with things that I know are not right. I know they're not of God, but it's like I've never had, I've never had a push on me so hard to, to, for, to me to cut, for me to just come into agreement, to be okay with the things I know aren't right. And I was like, this is exactly the MO. This is the mode of operation of the adversary. Because he, 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 he can't force those things upon you, but he can get you to come into agreement with it. I mean, he tries to, to push you, to get enough peer pressure, to get your friends, family, whatever it is, to give you enough pressure, amen, to where you will, you will come to the place of yielding unto it. Why? Because it opens up the door. Amen. See if we see if we can if we'll yield to the things that the adversary. It'll, it'll, not only will it, not only yeah I'll say that not only will it open up the door for you to receive what he has for you, but see also he can look at you and he begin to point the finger. He say, you know what? Look, that's one of God's children over there, and they're in agreement with that. That's that, that's 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 one of the ambassadors for the kingdom of God, and they're in agreement. It's okay. You can go ahead and do it. You can go ahead, go ahead. Just just receive it. Just take a little bit. Why? Why they're in agreement with it? They're in agreement with it. It's all right. It's all right. I mean, just, just, grab, a, just grab a little taste of it. It's, it's okay. Amen? I'm going to tell you, church, our, our coming into agreement with things has a lot more power, amen, than I think that we give it credit for. It has a lot more power, I think, than most of us, especially as a church, most of us understand. Amen? You say, what is that? It's an attempt of the adversary to bring the body into agreement. Amen. And if he can get the body into agreement, he thinks he can get the head in agreement. And I'm telling you, those things aren't going to happen. Those things aren't going to happen. So I can, can I just say something about you getting mad at me today? 
Amen. Listen. I don't know what uh, I don't know what we got. I don't know what you guys do on your personal time. I don't know what what you celebrate. I don't, I don't know those things. I'm not making a statement. You know, it's maybe specifically for you people, maybe for you know for people on podcast or whatever. But listen, church. You know what the things that we do, the things that we celebrate. Listen before we participate, please. And I tell you, please, please, please. Amen. Don't do things just because the culture is telling you to do it. Don't do it just because, you know, your, your family says to do it. Don't do things just because your friends say to do it. And I'm telling you, don't do things just because a neighboring church down the road says that, that these things are okay to do it. Anything that we do, anything that we celebrate, anything that we allow into our lives, we need to be asking Holy Spirit about it. We need to ask him, listen, Holy Spirit, is it, is it, do you desire this? Is there any, is there any negativity that's going to come to the kingdom, that's going to come to our own life for me participating with these things? Or, or, or should I move forward? Should I push back on it? Listen, church, we have to allow him to lead us in everything we're doing instead of just making the decision. Oh, we're going to do it just because we think it's okay. I'm telling you, we're opening up doors that we don't need to have open in our lives, amen? And those things are, can be tough. They can be tough. And I'm not saying be a legalist, amen? I'm not saying you can't do anything. I'm not saying don't have fun with your family. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying just ask Holy Spirit before you go do anything. I mean, this, I, I, it's strange to me that we have to say these things to the church nowadays, amen? But we, we ought to be seeking Him before we do anything, amen? Because He is our guide. He is our lead in everything in our lives, amen? Oh, one amen, hallelujah. I'm doing good this morning. Now listen, not only, not only, not only, let me back up there. Not, not only should we mind what we participate with, church. We need, we, need to, we need to mind the things that we're saying. Not only do we mind what we participate with in, the, in, in this life, and I'm spe- specifically talking about like the seasons and the things that the world is participating. Not, not only do we need to mind those things, we need to mind what we come into agreement with. We need to mind the words that are coming out of our mouth. Why? Because whatsoever things we believe, listen, church, is what you're going to speak and what you confess is what is going to manifest in your life. On Wednesdays, the Lord's been teaching us a lot on those things. Why? Because I think he's trying to, to get us to where we start speaking life into certain situations and death into other situations. Why? We, we know from what Proverbs say, what death and life, it comes in what? In the power of the tongue. Those who love it, you're going to eat the fruit thereof. You like to speak, you like to criticize, you like to put death on things. Listen, church, you're going to eat a harvest of those things. Amen. But if you like to speak life into situations, we need to speak life into things that need life and death into things that need death. Amen. We, we need to speak those things and allow, it to, allow them to come to pass in our lives. But, but I'm not going to pick up on the back of my, I think, we, I think we're going to piggyback on, on the back of, of that confession. We're going to talk a little bit about the name. Amen. I don't know how long, you know, we're going to stay in this, but we're going to talk a little bit about the name and the power in the name and speaking the name and what it actually means and what it, what it means for our life. You say, what is, what is the name I'm talking about? The only name that matters. Amen. The name of Jesus. Amen. So listen, this is a, this is a subject here that the modern church, I think we're very much so lacking in a knowledge of, of what the actual name of Jesus means. And and if we don't have that knowledge or we don't have a revelation on those things, we, we, we find ourselves in trouble. Why? Because we don't understand something. We don't put our faith in something. If we don't understand it, if we don't put our faith in something, we, we relegate it to something inferior to what it really is. We relegate it. We, we dilute it to what it actually is. So many times we see the name of Jesus. We, we use it as an expression of, uh, 
an expression of frustration or an expression of, uh, of, of surprise. Or, or some of us, we, it even gets used as a mocking word. You say, what do I mean by that? Well, listen, you know, Lane and I, we, we, every Friday night that the, the Dairy City's playing at home, listen, you, you can probably find out where we're going to be. We're going to be probably sitting in the same section, on the same row, amongst the same bunch of people at Brandywell watching Dairy City play football. Why? Because we love supporting the local team, we, and we love the team, amen? So we're, so we're, 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 we're sitting there, and we're, and, but as we sit, and we, we usually sit in the same, the same set of seats right there on the front row, and so the same people are kind of around us most of the time, right? Now, now if you've, if you've ever been in any football match or any sporting event over here in Ireland, boy, you see, you know, you think everyone's a Christian there because they all say Jesus all the time. And they're, all, they're always saying Jesus, Jesus Christ, this, this, that, and the other. And me, and me and Lane were sitting there watching a match. That was probably about uh, a month ago. And we're sitting there, and I'm telling you, like, every, every bad pass, you know, there, there, is a, there, is a, there is a expression of frustration. I mean, every, every goal that wasn't scored, there's an expression of frustration. And a, guy, a guy missed a tackle. Jesus Christ. The guy hit a bad pass and got intercepted. Jesus Christ. You know, I looked over at Lane. I said, you know what? If Jesus is out there on the pitch, I said that that, that pass never would have got intercepted. If Jesus is out on that pitch, he would have actually scored the goal. I mean, it wasn't Jesus' problem or Jesus' fault. Amen. If these things were taking place. Amen. But what, if, what happens? These people relegate his name. Amen. Why? Because they don't, they don't believe there's any power in it. So he relegated to, to a name uh, that just means something of frustration or even a curse word. Amen. I'm telling you, it, 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 we've weakened it. It got diluted. Amen. But if we don't use it just, if we don't use it just for that sense, because I'm, I'm sure most of us in here, we wouldn't use it for that. But listen, I've been around charismatic circles for a long time. Amen. And I know, I know how we can use it and, they, and people and even in the charismatic circles who actually lay hands on the sick, who call things into existence, they'll sometimes use this name as a, as a mocking gesture. Amen. Not, 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 not necessarily on, on, on purpose, but they use it for a mocking gesture. You say, what does that look like? You know, they, they see that, that an Aston Martin go by them. Oh, I received that in Jesus' name. I received that in Jesus' name. Oh, I'll be a millionaire this time next year in Jesus' name. Amen. They're sitting around their friends and their dogs running off. And they're like, they're like, come back here, come back here. Yeah, you know, Noble or, or whoever, Molly, get, get back here. And the dog doesn't listen to you. And so you sit there, you're like, I say, get back here in Jesus' name. And then you turn around, they, they start laughing at their friends, you know, because the dog's still not mind them. Amen. We relegated to, to like a joke. Amen. And we wonder why, we wonder why there's no power when we actually speak this name. We wonder why there's no power when we speak this name. And if that's, if that's not even bad enough, man, many of us, we use it as like a talisman. We use it like a magic word. Amen. May, may, the, may the kingdom, may the kingdom of God come down. May, may, it, may it invade earth even, even as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name. Oh, yeah. May, may this person be healed in Jesus' name. And we think that it's the talisman, it's the magic word that, that if we don't say in Jesus' name at the, at the back of saying something or praying something or casting out a devil, if we don't say it at the back, but then, then there's no power in it. Like it's the, like it's the magical word. Like, like in Jesus' name means like, like hocus pocus or abracadabra. And I'm telling you, it means a whole lot more than abracadabra. Amen. But that's what we relegated to. Like, it, like it's the magic word. You got to put the, if you put this at the end of the sentence, man, then, then something ought to take place. But if you don't put it at the end of the sentence, ah, you're, you're, you're probably not, you know, you're probably going to have some bad luck with that situation. 
Amen. And I'm telling you that that's not what the name is being used for. It's not what it's designed to be used for. Amen. I'm telling you, church, I know, I know we as the body of Christ, we don't do these things intentionally. We don't mean any harm doing these things. But the, facts of, the fact of the matter is we're diluting when we're watering down his name. We're diluting and we're watering down his name to where when we need to use it, church, there is no power that's released from it. There's no power released from it. And I don't know about you, church, but, but listen, when I, when, I, when, I, when I say something, when I, when I speak something in Jesus' name, I have an expectation that's going to do exactly what I say. Amen. Why? Because I, I don't use it for anything else except for demanding, amen, what the scriptures say that it can be used for. Amen. That's something I had to train myself in, just like probably many of you had to do in here. But, but we have got to get to that place because when we speak of that name, church, listen, something better start moving. Something better start changing. Amen. We, when, we speak, when we speak into cancer in the name of Jesus, I'm telling you, I have full expectation that, that cancer is going to leave. If I speak to a person having a seizure, I'm telling you, I expect in that minute they ought to, they ought to stop seizing. Amen. When I, I've spoken the name of Jesus to a man that was having a heart attack right in front of my face. In the name of Jesus, I command that to stop, and he automatically stopped. Automatically stopped. You could check his blood pressure and went right back down to normal. Why? Because there's power in that name. There's power in that name, but we got to get to that place where we, we use it. We use it not, not just as, as a magic word, but we use it as we're releasing the power. See, it's not just a magic word. We use it, as, we use it from, a, from a posture of union. Amen. When we, the name comes from a posture of being in union with him. It's not just in Jesus' name. No, it's been in union with Jesus' name. And then when you use his name, listen, everything gets backed up with what you're saying. Does that make sense? I mean, it comes from a posture of union and intimacy with him. How many of y'all know that the name of Jesus, it's only used, it should only be used for business transactions for the kingdom of God. That's it. It, it should only be used for business transactions of the, king, the kingdom of God, not as a joke. I mean, definitely not as a curse word and not as a magic word. So listen, listen, let's, uh, let's just, let's jump over here to Acts chapter 3. After uh, Acts chapter three, and I'm going I'm to teach us real quickly today here, and uh, I'm not going to come at it from the faith angle. Let's, let's come at it from the name angle, and uh, and see where the Lord kind of leads us off to. So, here in chapter three, verse one, it says, "Now Peter and John they they went together into the temple uh, at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. That means it was about three p.m. And they went up to they went up to the hour of prayer. Now, why were they going up to the hour of prayer? Because they were taught by their master." I mean, they're taught by their, their Lord, they're taught by their Savior how to not only remain in intimacy, but how to further the depths of intimacy. You say, how is that? They were, they were coming to a place of, of seeking the kingdom of God, seeking his presence personally and corporately as a family. Why? Because that's what his word says, is what Jesus, what the, it's what the master, you know, had trained them up and, and uh, desired them to do. And they begin to follow after those things. Now, many people, listen, church, this is not, you know, when they went to the hour of prayer, this wasn't legalism. They weren't just following the law. It wasn't legalism. It was a lifestyle that was modeled after the king. Amen. It amazes me how much in the church uh, nowadays we have, we have people that think it's, uh, that's legalistic to, to be in the church every time the doors are opened. <laughs> I mean, I mean this, is, this is what Jesus created. I mean, it's not legalism to be in church. Amen. It's, it's, what, it's what God asks us to do. We need, we need to start yielding into what he's asking us to do. Hallelujah. And I know I'm kind of preaching to the choir here. You guys are all, you guys are very faithful here. But in verse two, it says, and a certain man 
a certain man lame from his mother's womb, was carried. It says, in whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask of alms of them that entered into the temple. Now, I find this, this pretty fascinating here just for this one word. It says that he was laid daily. Now, if you go to chapter 4, somewhere around verse 22, 23, 24, you'll find out that this guy was, this guy was over 40 years old. So he was laid daily at the gate beautiful for probably, yeah, maybe he started getting laid there since he was 10 years old so he could beg for alms. So probably 30 plus years, amen, he's been, he's been begging for alms and getting laid in the same place at the same time so he could, get, so he could receive money for other people. Right? They say, why is that fascinating? Because listen, church, that means Jesus had to walk by some. I mean, Jesus was walking past this man. He walked past him probably several times in his, in his you know, 33 and a half years while he was down here on this earth. You say, well, why didn't he get healed then? Well, the guy wasn't ready to receive his healing then. Amen. He wasn't ready. Jesus, he, Jesus didn't say, I, I picked this guy over that guy. No, that guy wasn't ready to receive it yet. Why? Because remember, Jesus only did what the, what the Father told him to do. He only spoke what the, what the Father said to speak. Amen. So he wasn't going to get out of order there. He was only going to do what the Holy Spirit led. And that guy was not ready yet. But, but his time, his time is ready today. Amen. You say, well, listen, church, sometimes, sometimes we can do people a disservice by praying over them too quick. You know that? You know, when, when people aren't in faith and we, you know, listen, we, we always invite people every time, listen, we, you know, we have, we have, we have, you, know, you need prayer, you need healing in your body, listen, come up, we'll lay hands on the sick. We're going to give people opportunity for you to step out in faith to receive. But I'm going to tell you, sometimes we can do people a disservice, amen, praying for them before they're actually ready to receive. Why? Because if they're in doubt and unbelief and they can't, they can't receive, as soon as they, they don't receive, amen, what the name can do for them because they don't believe in it yet, listen, church. Amen. It's either going to push them in the farther distance from those things. We, we need to get to that place where we're, where we're led by the Spirit. I've, I've probably only been, been, I've probably only been told twice, I think, by the Holy Spirit, maybe three times not to pray for someone and tell them to sit there and listen to the Word for a little bit longer before they got prayed for. But it's a rarity. But, but I, I, think, I think if we would be more keen to hear from Him, He'll keep us in, in the position to where we can help people out. Amen. Now here in verse 3, it says, Now who, seeing Peter... And John, about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him, what John said, look on us. And he gave heed unto him, expecting to receive something like you would, like you would expect. And then Peter, Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, he goes, rise up and walk. Rise up and and walk. I love this. You know, Peter, when he's sitting there, he's sitting there talking to him. You know, all, you know, if you can see people, they're all going into, in, into this place of prayer and this guy's sitting there and he's just asking for alms, asking for alms, asking for alms. You know, probably has a cup out like, kind of like you'd think people have today, you know, had just something where he can, he can get it. But you know, he's not looking at people. He's not looking at anyone because most people that are in that position that are begging, they don't usually look at people in the face because they feel disgraced, right? So what did, what did, what did Peter say? He said, no, don't, don't look down. Look at me. 
He says, look at me. Look, 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 at, look, at, what I'm, well, look at what I'm saying. Look, look at me. Put your focus and your attention on me. Look at what I carry because I'm carrying something that I desire to give unto you. I got a gift I want to give to you, but you listen, you're going to have to pay attention to me. Amen. Stop, stop paying attention to the, to the situation you're in and the, and the distress that you're in, right? Or the despair that you're in. Now, why, would, why did Peter say, look upon me? Is it because he wanted to be the center of attention? No, he was trying to change his perspective. And he said, listen, you don't need to be looking down. Don't be focusing on everything that's going wrong with you right now. Look at me. Why? Because money's not going to solve your problem. See, many of us, we think money's going to solve every problem we have. And I'm telling you, church, I've had no money in my life, and I've had a whole lot of money in my life. Money doesn't solve the problem. I mean, he does. He's the one that, he is our problem solver. Hey, I'm not saying money's a bad thing. I mean, it's a whole lot better to have money than, it's, than not to have it, amen? But listen, church, he is the answer to all things, and he was trying to get him to have a, a perspective change. Now, listen, listen, don't, don't be looking for money from me because money, money is not what I'm here to give you. No amount of money is going to fix your situation that you have. I'm telling you, many of us, we've, we've been in situations, there's no amount of money you have that can fix it. Amen. But there is one who can fix it. You say, well, I don't know about that. Well, listen, let, let, let yourself be lame. You can go ask any lame person. Say, listen, if I give you a million pound or you could get healed and walk, which one would you rather have? They're going to choose to, to walk every time. You can, go to, you can go to the blind man. You can say, listen, listen, you know, if, 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 you, if you could stay blind the rest of your life and have a million pound or you can see, which one would you choose? A hundred percent of the time they're going to say, I want to see. You say, I don't know about that. Well, listen, if you don't believe that, go wrap a blindfold around your eyes for the next, for the next year and then tell me at the end of the year if you'd rather have a million pounds or if you'd rather see. I promise you, you'd rather see. Amen? I'm telling you, you, could probably, you can ask people like Claire, you know, would you have rather have a million, a million pounds or would you rather have been healed? You'd rather have been healed. Why? So she can, she can love on her family. She can be with her family. And these, are, these are things that are without question. I'm telling you, sickness is not from God. We, we want to get as far away from those things as we can. Amen. And Peter was looking and saying, listen, I don't have enough money, amen, to, to fix your problem. Amen. But see, it's not that he didn't have any money. Let me, let me just address that as well. Amen. Because see, a lot of people use this as, as oh man, every, every preacher, everyone in the kingdom, man, we ought to have some, we ought to have some you know, vow for poverty. And I'm telling you, that's not what this verse is trying to say. Amen. Peter was not, did not have nothing. Amen. He had, he had a lot of things. Why? You say the church was over 3,000 people at this time. Amen. And what were they doing? They were bringing everything they owned, selling everything they owned. They were bringing it to the apostles' feet so they could distribute it among the church. It's not that he didn't have finances. I mean, Jesus, it's not that he didn't have finances. Jesus had a treasurer church. You don't have a treasurer if you don't have any finances. Amen. See, God was, God was providing for them everywhere they went. But see, we got to change our perspective and get off the money thing and get off the one that can actually, and that will get on the thing that can actually fix our situation. Amen. See, Peter's like, listen, I may not have money on me right now. Amen. But I had one thing's for sure. I guarantee you, I don't have enough money that's going to fix your situation. Why? Because you don't have a money problem. You have a name problem. You say, what does that mean? He had a name problem. Why? He bowed his, himself. He was submitted into the name of, of lameness. He was submitted to the name of being a cripple. He was submitted to the name of being a, a paralytic. Amen. And money couldn't fix that. Amen. But the name of Jesus could. 
Amen. But the name of Jesus could. He says, listen, I, I may not have the money to fix those things, but listen, I'm going to give you something that can fix everything that's going wrong with you. Amen. I got a name that will not only free you to where you can walk, but I know the name of the king. And I mean, he'll give you the ability to make your own wage yourself. You'll ha- you won't have to be begging here anymore. It was the name. And what did he tell him? He says, in the name. Silver and gold, I, I don't have any. Silver and gold, I have none. But what I do have, what I possess, what I'm in union with, he goes, this I'm going to give you. He goes, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He says, rise up, rise up and walk. Rise up and walk. In the name, in the name of who? In the name of Jesus. See, not, not in the name of Peter. Not in the name of John. Amen. Not in the name of, of St. Michael. Not in the name of Ryan. Not in the name of Mary. No, no, no. In the name of the King. In the name of the one that purchased your freedom. In the name of the one that purchased your healing. In His name. Amen. Rise up and walk. Because you, you can't do it in my name. I mean, no, you can't do it in Ryan's name. Oh, yeah. If I just, Ryan believes these things, I can do it in his name. No, no, no. No, it's not the name. Amen. It's, it's the name of the one that, that defeated. The name of the one that gave the ability for these things to come to pass. His name is Jesus. How many of y'all know what the name Jesus even means? And so when the angel, when the angel Gabriel, when he came down and he talked to, to Mary, he said, listen, you're going to have a son. Listen, name is, you name this child Jesus. That's the, that's the, the, I think that's the Greek translation for the, for the Hebrew word Yeshua, which means Yahweh saves. Yahweh delivers. So he's saying, you know, in the, Jesus' name, it literally means God delivers and God saves. That's his name because that's who he is. Amen. This, this is the name he, that the Father gave to him. And he's saying, listen, in that name, in the name of the one. So what was Peter saying? In the name of the one of the one that, that delivered you. In the name of the one that has saved you. In the name of the one that has set you free. He says, you rise up in that name. You rise up in that name. He'll give you power to walk. Amen. And then what did he do? Something absolutely amazing here. He took him by the hand. He took him by the hand and he lifted him up. And immediately his, his feet and his ankle bones and his legs, they'll start cracking into place. Cracking into place. I'm telling you, you say, oh man, that, that must have been the greatest preacher I think I've ever seen. Man, he sat there and lifted that guy up off the ground after he, after he made that declaration. Now, did you notice he didn't sit there and have to make a 15-minute prayer? Hmm? He didn't make a 15, 20-minute prayer over this man and, and, and belabor things. No, he spoke the name. All he did is have to speak the name. And listen, he had so much confidence in that name that he reached down after he spoke the name, he reached down and grabbed that man and pulled him up to his feet. Why? Because he knew as soon as I release this name, as soon as, as, soon as the, th- the, the man I'm in union with, when I get him to be in union with this guy, listen, listen, there's nothing that can stop him. There's no sickness that can come against it. There's no disease that can come against it. Uh, he will be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Healed in Jesus' name. I tell you, that's powerful. Powerful. I'm telling you, there's, there's power. There's power in the name of Jesus. You know, you know, Pastor, Pastors Jason and the Dean, they were here last week. Did you guys enjoy them? Amen. Amazing. I tell you, like I always say, they, they are going to be the most amazing pastors Dundalk has ever seen. Ever seen. I'm telling you, there's been some great ministers there. You say, weren't you from Dundalk? Yeah, I was from Dundalk. They're going to they're surpass Kimberly and I. 
I mean, they're going to be 10 times better than, than we have ever dreamed of being. Why? Because this is, this is what we believe in training up people for. Amen. Not to, not to be underneath us, but to be, to be, to, to be who God's created them to be. And I'm telling you, there's going to be, a, there already is an amazing church, but it's going to get absolutely outstanding. Amen. But when I was talking to them, they're, they're come, they came down and visited and they came over to our house one of the days last week and, and we're sitting there chatting. He was telling me a story about, about a, a, a mother and a daughter that go to the church. But the, the daughter's been saved for, I guess, a year or so now, and the mother hadn't been saved for that long, amen? But they, but they are both on fire, set loose, amen, to push back darkness. And, and, and the mother, her mother, so it had been the grandmother, she, she got diagnosed with tumors, I mean, I don't know where the tumors were, but she had tumors, amen. And so they, they're at the women's, the women's meeting, and they're, they're sitting there, and they said, listen, you know, let's, let's pray for these things because my, my mother has these tumors, and, and we want her healed. So they, became, they came together in the name of Jesus, and they began to, to rebuke these tumors, command these things to dry up and cease and desist, command them to leave. And you know what an amazing thing that happened? I mean, see, most of us don't, don't get this sometimes, but listen, when we use those names, we ought to have an expectation that something happens. They took her. They took her to the hospital they went to go check things out you know what happened there was no more tumors in her body no more tumors are in her body why because the name of jesus drove them out the name of jesus drove them out now now i believe they have like an aunt or something like that 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 believes in crystals and all those kind of things and she said oh it's because i i walked by and and she had and i had these crystals with me and that's why the lady got healed but listen church i'm gonna that rocks they don't have any power and rocks don't have power. But I'm telling you, the name of Jesus, it does. I'm telling you, I've seen with my own eyes, I've seen tumors disappear. I've seen legs grow out. I've seen amazing things happen, literally just from speaking the name. We need to be guarded. We need to protect that name that we're using. Why? So when we do speak it, when we do stand and, and push against the darkness, that, that name actually does something. Amen? It, that it actually does something. So listen, let's finish this up here. Let's finish this up. Hallelujah. It says, He took him up by the hand and he lifted him up. And immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood, he walked, and he entered in with them into the temple, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people, all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew, and they knew that it was him that sat at the at the at alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement, which had happened to him. You know, why are these miracles take place? Listen, so so he can provide a wonder and amazement for people to so we can give them the explanation of why it took place. And in verse 11, it says, And the lame man which was healed, he, he held Peter and John, and they uh, ran together with them into the, porch of the, and, uh, into the porch called Solomon's. And they're all greatly wondering. And when the people saw it, he answered, he answered the people. He said, You men of Israel? He goes, Why are you marveling at me? Why are you marveling at this? Why look, at, why look so earnestly at us, though it was by our own power, our own supernatural explosive power, that's that word dunamis, by, by my own strength or power, by my own holiness, we made this man to walk. He goes, no, no, it was the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, have glorified the Son of Jesus, whom you delivered up and you denied in the presence of Pilate when you determined to let him go. He goes, but you denied the holy and the just one. You desired a murderer, talking about Barabbas. You desired a murderer to be granted unto us or unto you. And then verse 15, it says, and you killed the Prince of Life, whom God has raised from the dead. 
He goes, where are we? We are witnesses. That his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong and has made this man strong in whom you now see and you do know. Yeah, the faith which is by him who hath given him this perfect and soundness of the presence of you all. How do you like that? I mean, Peter's sitting there right in the middle of him. You know, he's sitting there and he was looking at the crippled guy and he says, listen, look at me. Look at me. Bring your focus unto me. You know, pay attention to what I'm about to do. Pay attention to the things I'm about to say. And then when the people started gathering around, he said, no, no, don't look at me. Don't look at me. Listen, church, I'd be very mindful of preachers. You'd be very mindful of people, amen, that, that want all the focus. Amen, that want all the glory, that want all eyes on them. We need to be very mindful of those things, amen, because that, that will get us in a bad position. Amen, we need, to, we need to be around people that are like Peter, amen, that say, no, no, don't be looking at me. It's not, it's not, by, it's not by my prayer life that these things happen. It's not, it's not because I'm, I'm more holier than you is why these things happen. It's not because I have some supernatural special gift and that's why these things happened. It was the name and faith in his name. You know, any of y'all know who T.L. Osborne is? Yeah, one, hallelujah. You know, T.L. Osborne, he was, he was an amazing missionary and evangelist out of the U.S. I mean, had, had an amazing healing, uh, healings followed everywhere he went. Amen. People always came to him. You know, what, what gift do you, do you have? What, what gift did God give you? And he always said, I, didn't, I don't have a gift. I don't have a gift. He said, the only thing I do is I begin to preach Jesus. When I preach Jesus, amen, the healer himself begins to come down and touch people. Amen. Listen, church, listen, we, we, we got we to gotta get away from this place of wanting all eyes on us, wanting to, be the, wanting to be the big deal, amen, and get to that place of being completely submitted unto him and allowing him to do what he desires to do in our life. He says, he said what? He said, no, it was in his name. Is in his name. No, it wasn't me. It's not because I pray more than anyone else. It's not because I've studied the word more than anyone else. No, no, it's because of his name and faith in his name that you see this man, that you see this man healed. I'm telling you what a powerful, a powerful statement. He says, listen, it's in his name, faith in his name, the confession of faith in his name. Listen, if we speak the same things that Jesus speaks, and we do the things that Jesus has asked us to do. Jesus is the one, amen, that provides the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us to operate on his behalf. Amen. It's not about your strength. It's not about anything else in your life. Now, I'm not saying your prayer life, none of that stuff matters. No, that stuff matters. Amen. It gets you to that place of intimacy to where you can hear from him and you can begin to, to do the things that he's asked us to do. Amen. But, but listen, it, it's, it's merely from a faith in, in his name. Is his name and faith in his name that you'll see these things come to pass. Listen, when we operate, when we operate on his behalf, when we operate out of a posture of union, listen, he is always the power behind your words. How much power does he have? How much power does he have? What does is, what is, what is John 1, 1 say? He says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. I mean, the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and there was nothing that was made. Uh, there was nothing that was made that was made with him. Amen. And he was the light, and he was the life and the life of men. And the light shined in the darkness, and darkness comprehended it not. Amen. How much power is in his name? How much power does Jesus possess? He's the one that created the heavens and the earth and everything that dwells within it. You don't think he can, you don't think he can heal a cancer? You don't think he can heal a cough? You don't think he can, he, he can heal a liver? You don't think he can, he can heal a hand? 
I'm telling you, there's, there's been fingers that have grown out of, out, of, out of a palm that didn't exist before. I'm telling you, he is the creator of all things. There is power in his name. There's power in who he is. Amen. The very, the very name and the very word of God, amen, is what, is what created and shook the heavens. He is the very word. That name represents the very word that went forth and light still in existence today. That spread the seas. That brought forth the, the, the ground, the earth, out of the water. The one that made the animals, that made man and, man and woman. I mean, it's that name. Amen, that, that created all things. And, and there is power in that name. We've got to come to this place, church, of understanding, of submitting to the name and the power that's in that name. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Church, we are ambassadors of Christ. Hallelujah. You know, we, we are his ambassadors of Christ. We are aliens here on this world. Amen, we, we look different. We ought to be different. We ought to be different. We ought to be speaking different things. Amen. But when we, when we come together and we start speaking what the word says, listen, church, things ought to happen. Things ought to happen when we speak this name. Things ought to happen when we lay hands on the sick. Things ought to happen when we, when we come together. We got to get to understand what his name means. It's not a joke. It's not a joking word. Definitely not a cuss word, church. Amen. And it's not some talisman that that, that name makes anything happen. No, it's, it's coming in union with the one that stands with that name. Come in union with your deliverer. Come in union, amen, with your Savior. And come in union with that one. Then when you begin to speak things that he asked you to speak on his behalf, listen, church, there's nothing that can stop it. There's nothing that can stop it. There's nothing that can stop the kingdom coming forth. I'm telling you, when we speak the name, everything ought to stand into attention. Everything ought to stand in attention. I'm telling you, at the name of when Jesus speaks, every demon in hell stands at attention. And when we speak that name, every demon in hell ought to, ought to pay attention. They ought to stand in attention and start saluting the king. Amen. Just merely because it's coming out of our mouth. But we got to understand and get to the place of knowing what we're speaking when we speak this name. Amen. So, so maybe we'll see what the Lord has to do here. And, let's, and maybe we'll get to embark on a wee bit of a journey here and see actually what, what the name means. So when the name comes out of our mouth, listen, church, you start seeing things change around you. Start seeing cultures change. I mean, you can see the name is what's going to change this city. The name is what's, what can change your family. The name is what will change your health. The name will change everything in your life if we'll come to that place of coming in union with it. Amen. And allowing it to be released in our lives. Amen. Amen. Well, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and pray and let's dismiss out of here. So, Father, we thank you. Oh, Lord, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your name. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for your compassion. Lord, we, we, ask, we ask as we, as we begin to teach on this, on, on what the name means and, and who it is and how, how, we are sh- how we should use it, how we are to represent you with it. Lord, give us ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is having to say. Teach us, train us. Teach us and train us, Lord. Lord, so we can fulfill the things that you've, that you've asked us to do. Lord, that we may finish our race here on this earth. Lord, that we may, that we not, may not be slack, that we may not be stuck at the finish line. But Lord, that we will, we will finish the things that you've asked us to do here, Lord. We thank you for it, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the authority to use your name. Thank you, Lord, for, for giving us authority. The one that has authority of heaven and earth. 
you've passed that name down to us, Lord, to, to release the kingdom down here on this earth, Lord. Thank you for that opportunity. We thank you for it, Lord. We praise you for it. As we dismiss out of here, Lord, we, we grab a hold as what is a tradition of our church, Lord. We confess, we come into agreement with what your word says. We speak the same thing as you said on Psalms 91, that no evil will befall us. Neither shall any plague come to our dwelling place, Lord, for you give your angels charge of us to, to keep us in all of our ways, Lord, to, to bear us up, Lord, that your angels bear us up, Lord, that they're, they're a protector. Nothing, nothing shall come against us or harm us. They protect us in the front and the back, they, the side to side, Lord. There is, no, there is no wicked plan from a wicked man or the devil himself shall come against us to harm us or distract us in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you we're protected on the railways, the seaways, the airways, or the motorways, or even, even as we're walking down the walkways, Lord, no, nothing shall come against us and harm us because we're a people that are dwelling. We're a people that are inhibiting. We're a people that are, that are pressed into the secret place of the Most High. We're abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. Hmm. So we thank you for, Lord, we thank you for this family. We thank you for this church. We thank you for the ambassadors of Christ you've called each and every one of us to be. Thanking you, Lord, hear that. At Island Church, we are covered by your blood, we are empowered by your word, and we are anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen.